This is Marketing Today from Melbourne, Australia, your number one podcast for news and commentary on some of today's top marketing stories. Now, here's your host, Peter Wagstaff. And after six months, almost to the day without hearing from Marketing Today, here we are again, episode 91 of Marketing Today. Wags and Cole on the couch. It's great to be back, Wags. It's and been such a long time between drinks. Uh, six, six months is far too long. So um, yes, I don't know how the people out there in podcast land have, have survived, but it's a great feeling to be back. It is, and let's hope they've stayed subscribed. And if you have, you're being rewarded now with a return uh, of a regular podcast. Yes, and, and there, there will be uh, back to the usual regularity now. So we apologise for the hiatus, and uh, yeah, so what a feeling to be back. Oh, what a feeling. Good segue there. Let's talk about Toyota. Yeah, nothing if not subtle, eh? Um, Toyota, uh, the world's biggest car maker. And what does Toyota mean to you, Wags? Well, when you say Toyota, well, at the moment, when you say Toyota, I think Prius. Because of the um, their hybrid car and yeah. and the problems they've been having at the moment with that. Okay, but say six months ago, end, end of last year, if I'd said Toyota to you, what would you think? Um, market leader, reasonably priced family cars. Boring, right? They're boring. Nothing exciting about them, but yeah. I I reckon to- Toyota cars, yeah, were always boring. That's how they they distinguished themselves by being boring. There was about as exciting as a fridge. There were fridges on four wheels. <laughs> yeah. right? They did the job. They were reliable. Exactly. Yeah. So is my fridge. Yeah. Right? Absolutely, they do the job. But people don't get excited about them. You don't get excited about your fridge, or your unless it's empty, uh, or, <laughs> yeah. or your Toyota, I guess, mm-hmm. un, un, unless it's empty. Um, it, uh, you, you buy them if they're boring. I mean, if you want something exciting and sexy, you go for an hour for a man or something like that. You, so why are they in the news at the moment? Well, they're in the news at the moment because Captain Boring, uh, the uh, 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 Toyota, mm-hmm. have managed to make cars that either don't go or don't stop. I mean, they've had they've had some <laughs> uh, engineering issues there. They certainly have. And not only have they had engineering issues, they've had management issues associated with it. Now, I'm not interested in what goes on under the bonnet mm-hmm. of um, of cars or anything else. Um, what I'm interested in is the is the response to that. The the top management. At Toyota, and the the brand of Toyota has been well. The top management has possibly permanently damaged Toyota by its stupidity. Well, look, I mean, these recalls and problems with cars—they're common across virtually every car manufacturer. Um, I mean, there are always problems with cars. We are always seeing recalls. Yes. Now, why is it any different for Toyota when they have a few brake problems with their Prius or battery problems or whatever they were? Um, Be- why is it different for Because them? they denied it to start off with. Yeah. Firstly, which was, I mean, that's, you know, PR 101 says if, if something go- has gone wrong, you come out there right away and mm-hmm. say, it looks like something has gone wrong. Yeah. Because people... People aren't stupid, or if, they, or if they are, they don't like to think that they are. Hmm. And you, know, you, you, you don't, don't spin them bullshit. Yep. Right? Don't say there's nothing wrong with this car. Hmm. Right? So there's something wrong with it. So they, they apparently um, denied it. Uh, then the, uh, the recalls didn't work. Um, they became confused, apparently. Um, hmm. Market share up from 11 to 15%. 
in that period, mind you, mm. but that came with risks. Now, I, d- I also don't know how much of this uh, huge rage and anxiety and everything else has been generated by PR firms employed by Ford and General, General Motors. Motors. Yeah, uh, of course, yeah, of course, mm. because they would love to get themselves off their front pages, mm. uh, just like you know, politicians do. They'll make up a crisis to hide. But I, I wish it wasn't a PR war. It would be so much better if Ford and GM and others mm. saw this as an opportunity to launch their own hybrid vehicle or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. and actually beat Toyota at their own game, fairly and squarely, rather than just playing PR wars. Uh, yes, but um, mm. you know, there's a genuine feeling out there. Genuine feeling that my Toyota is not safe. Oh, what a feeling too. Yeah, oh, what a feeling, and, and so on. I mean, yeah, all the... The jokes are there. So they really, I mean, this is a classic public relations... Um, Misresponse. They really should have apologised. They should have accepted that things were wrong, mm-hmm. and then made it very clear that they were going to fix those problems. Yeah, and yeah. we see that time and time again. And the organisations that are proactive with with that response are going to be so much more successful. Yep, and apologise. Yeah, it, 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 quite quite simple. Mm-hmm. Quite simple. Apologise. And just like speaking of no, apologies. Well, hang on. no, no, wait, wait, wait. They, ah, they, they, okay. they, yeah, this point. I mean, uh, there's a there's a guy in Minnesota in America who's in jail. Right. He's, he, uh, he, um, his guy was driving home from church, of course, as you do, mm-hmm. um, in, yeah, this is four years ago. His Toyota Camry went hurtling up an off-ramp on the interstate and um, uh, struck a car, stopped at a red light. It was traveling between 70 and 90 miles an hour, so fast. Yeah, over 100 k's. Three people died. Right. Not funny. Yeah. Not funny. The guy who was driving that car was in jail now. He said that he had his foot on the brake, not the accelerator at mm. the time, and Toyota said no. On his way home be. from church, did you say? On his way home from church. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. bit of communion wine as well? Yeah. <laughs> who, knows? Who, who knows? Who knows? He's now going to get his case reopened. Mm. So that's, all, that's, uh, that's all, uh, all over the place. And in the meantime, incidentally, what you didn't hear in the last couple of weeks is that uh, General Motors has phased out the Hummer. Good. Yeah, which that been, hasn't been in the press, though. I haven't heard about that. Funny about that, because we've been hearing all about Toyota instead. That's so right. None of this... Uh, f- well, it's good news, phasing out a massive gas guzzler well, like it, it, It's such a stupid vehicle, isn't it? And, uh, I mean, it, it really is such a... Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But, I mean, it's uh, probably because no one in the United States can afford to pay for the petrol for the thing at the moment. Oh, yes, well, quite possibly, yeah. Because fuel prices are on the way up, yeah. incomes are on the way down. Yeah. And the sort of, the sort of people who drive Hummers? Uh, I'm not sure in the United States. They're Certainly here in Australia, that those that drive the big four-wheel drives, yeah. generally, they never go off a made road. They drive oh, the, the kids to private school, and that's about it. Certainly not. Oh, and, and, and to go over the speed, speed bumps in the car park. But uh, apparently in America, Hummer drivers picked up five times as many traffic tific- tickets as the average motorist. What a surprise. Because they consider themselves, ab- ab- uh, they consider themselves above the law and above common human behaviour. Unless they're more obvious because they're larger and they can be seen. Uh, could be. <laughs> it could be. So they consider themselves above the law or more obvious perhaps or just perhaps consumers of General Motors products. Yeah. Yeah. Like Commodore drivers. Let's see if we get any response to that. <laughs> but while we're talking about people who consider themselves uh, above the law, while we're considering ourselves uh, you know, we're talking about things that are so hot and now aren't, are we now going to move on to our next topic? Let's move on to our next topic, which is apology related. Did you see Tiger Woods with his apology uh, uh, last week, was it? Week before last? Yeah, we well, were quite relatively recently. Yeah. yeah. Um, dear old Tiger Woods, 
interesting his apology he took him a long time to rehearse didn't it, it, it he, he went to ground and he stayed to ground for yeah. a long time until mm. um, his apology last week he, uh, he was there in the in the big press conference, all the cameras and microphones on him, and uh, there he was apologising. Um, what's fascinating, though, with Tiger Woods is what are the brands that he um, has been the spokesperson for? Well, AT&T, I think the biggest communications phone company in America, have dropped him. Accenture, uh, which used to be Arthur consulting, Anderson, yeah, 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 consulting firm. Gatorade was the big one, the big yeah. consumer brand. Yeah. Um, in fact, I remember when and, he came... And, and all, all three of those have dropped him. They dropped yeah. him, that's right. Yeah. When he was here in Australia uh, mm-hmm. playing golf, which was about a week or two before the whole... Um, yeah. um, the material hit the fan. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Story broke. That's right. So there was the, the Tiger Woods flavour of great Gatorade, and that uh, that's all been dropped now um, mm-hmm. because of that. But fascinating to see that there is one brand that stuck with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, you familiar with that brand? I I am indeed. I am indeed. I'm I'm Mr. Brand, as you know. It's Tag Heuer. Tag Heuer watches, but, but not in America. In America, they have pulled uh, pretty well all their Tiger Woods-related advertising out of American markets, mm-hmm. and I think out of Australian as well. But there's one country <laughs> where they haven't. Now this is fascinating. China. Why China? Eh? Why China? Now um, here's a here's a report actually from uh, Brand Channel. Um, and Great website. Yeah, yeah and, and they uh, they were speaking with the Tag Heuer chief executive, uh, Jean-Christophe Babin. Did I pronounce that correctly? Jean-Christophe Babin, probably, but uh, he does not better. Uh, and he was interviewed by the Sydney Morning Herald, and uh, his comment was, um, in China, conversely, you have Tag Heuer with Tiger Woods everywhere because with the Chinese... It actually increases their esteem. Uh, in China, by tradition, your success is measured by your number of mistresses. So the, the Chinese uh, the, see the, Tiger Woods as being hugely successful. At, at about this stage, we should probably give the phone number for uh, for people wishing to make comments here. <laughs> <laughs> the talkback number here is... Listen at the end of the podcast, yeah, it's there. We'll be given at, at, at the end of the podcast. Do bear in mind that it was not Peter Wagstaff's personal opinion. Well, it may have been, but he was quoting somebody else. <laughs> this um, is the Tag Heuer chief executive I was quoting here. The CEO, who presumably is French, uh, judging by now, his name. I, I think that's a very dangerous comment to be making, because it, it is stereotyping to the max. I mean... It, it's so dangerous to be a saying whole that. whole culture. But it, it, it's explaining why they've stuck with him there. And, oh. Because everybody in China, rich and therefore well-educated people in China, um, have higher esteem because you have more mistresses. I think that's a dangerous uh, generalisation for him to be making. I'd, I, I, I would actually I'd genuinely like, like to hear back from, uh, from listeners in China or with, or with backgrounds in China about that. Mm. To me, just intuitively, it doesn't begin to make sense mm. because you, I mean, you can't make generalisations about a culture like that. I'm not an expert on China, but many, many of our listeners are. I know you can't say that about America. I mean, what, what, what's no. America? Oh, look, is, is it somebody with a uh, stick of hay sticking out the side of their mouth going around in a pickup truck? Is it somebody driving a Hummer, or is it a highly sophisticated, highly intelligent person in Chicago or New York? It's a classic right. stupid marketing mistake that assumes all customers are going to be the same. And we are talking about a global market now. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if he's appearing in advertising in China, that's mm-hmm. not going to be um, kept just within China. Yeah. Uh, Mind you, Monsieur Babin would argue that their sales are going up in China. So therefore it's working. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder. I mean, which is there some other, and and that's the, the, the 
standard question you've got to ask, are there other things at play here? I mean, chances are the sales of most Western products in China are going up at the moment. Well, I have to tell you, having access to the data, that sales for the brand also grew in Australia. Without Tiger Woods. Yeah, indeed. Mm -hmm. So what do you think that might have something to do with? <laughs> Is it to do with Tiger Woods, or might it be to do with the fact that... Maybe something else. Maybe maybe possibly there's two economies in the world that aren't actually dead at the moment, and that's China and Australia. Yeah. Oh. Possibly. So yeah. perhaps it doesn't make any difference anyway. Yeah, and, and I think uh, CEOs and, and chief marketing executives really need to stop and think about what they're saying publicly, because uh, yeah. it could actually turn people against their brand. Just because you organise your business and you've got... You've got one guy or woman in charge of China or Australia doesn't mean that everybody in that market behaves as that person does. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay, moving on to another topic here. The United States, they're spending $100 million to attract more tourists to the US. $100 million. That's a big campaign. It is. Uh, that's $100 million per year, if you don't mind, Rags. Mm, wow. And it's passed the House of Reps already. So uh, is the U.S. having a problem with tourism at the moment? Well, have, they, have their tourist numbers dropped? They have. Why? And look, well, first, I'll, I'll give you the numbers first of all, because people like numbers. Mm -hmm. uh, from 2000 to 2009, uh, worldwide... 46.3 million more travellers took long-haul trips in 2009 than 2000. Okay. However, in that time, in the United States, 2.4 million fewer visitors to America. Okay, so worldwide long-haul travel is increasing, but the United States as a destination is seeing a drop. It's a drop. Yeah. Wow. And why? What's yeah. the explanation? Hang on, this is from 2000 to 2009. Okay, 2000 probably was obviously the peak of travel in the US, and then was it something to do with 2001 that... Uh, well, th well the, the, there was that incident on the 11th of September that people may remember. Yeah. Um, and that certainly scared people away in the short term from travelling to the US. There was a drop, it certainly was a drop in tourism. Uh, but to people work towards are over the that now, surely long term. It depends, it depends who's over it. It depends who's over it. Britons, for example... Uh, uh, Britons took 36% more long-haul trips over that period, down 15% on trips to the United States. And, th and that's the most common uh, uh, wow. uh, source. Mm. Right? Why is that? Have you been to the States recently? Because I, I, I've been... Uh, you were there just recently. I, I, I was there just recently. We were recruiting staff from the American Marketing Association mm -hmm. there, the uh, uh, conference there. And you have to actually be there to believe it. The, the way in which you are treated as a foreigner going into the United States. Oh, this is the TSA or whatever they call themselves and the uh, security for, agency. Yeah, and, for, yeah. For, for your security. Uh, anybody who is not American is treated like an animal. Like an animal, except in, in some cases animals get treated with more courtesy. You need to, I mean, obviously you need to apply for a visa beforehand, even if you, even if you don't need to have a visa, they call it something else, you get permission to go there. There's absolute paranoia. You get fingerprinted. I've never been fingerprinted in you my life. You were fingerprinted to get into the United States? I've never been fingerprinted in my life. Wow. Some you might be surprised to hear. Yes, <laughs> knowing your history. Yeah, yeah. well, indeed, I've got away with it until now. So my fingerprints are now on some American computer system. They're taking pictures of my eyes. I don't mind that so much, but to me, I mean, I'm a respectable sort of chap. <laughs> and, I mean, to, to be fingerprinted like a common criminal. Frankly, sorry, I'm yeah. a respectable well, sort I am. of chap. I'm a, I'm a very respectable sort of chap. I mean, I've got a, and I've got a passport. 
It's an Australian passport, mind you. Okay. Never, do you it hasn't been pinched by the Israelis really or anything. Do you think those procedures, though, are going to turn people off from travelling to the United States? The procedures themselves, well, obviously, I mean... You didn't you know about it before you went. Well, I, I knew it was difficult. Yeah. I wouldn't go back as a tourist. Yeah, OK. I mean, we're, we're taking the family in. Well, when, when, yeah. I, when I'm choosing where to go with the family at the end of the year, mm. I know what's not on the list. Mm. It, 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 it's ridiculous. You, you're treated like absolute shit. I was talking with a guy a, a couple of months ago, a Canadian, uh, runs a major car parts business. Mm -hmm. He was flying over, no, basically j just across the border. Yes, to go and uh, to go and see like Ford in Vancouver or somewhere. Yeah, uh, yeah well, he, he, he was uh, hopping out. I'm not going to give details of his no. business, but um, <laughs> but he was going over to Dearborn, Michigan, to go and see Ford because <laughs> Ford owed him a significant amount of money, and he, he was quite oh, keen on paying. Good luck. Yeah, it was, <laughs> he was quite keen on being paid by Ford. Uh, I'm quite keen to be able to pay his staff. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the following fortnight, so he hopped on a plane with all the, the the relevant paperwork, and for some reason he was picked up by security. And it was a, it's a very long story, which I shan't go into. But he was treated worse than a common criminal. He was interviewed by three different people, mm -hmm. and this is a respectable guy in his fifties, owner of a business, a long-standing supplier to Ford, with documentation to prove it. The documentation was taken off him. Mm -hmm. I have to say, he, he lost his temper. I mean, he's, he's an engineer. Not he's, he, he's, he's not a sophisticated marketer like you and me. Uh, he, <laughs> well, engineers lose their temper more often, do they? Well, he's an engineer who calls it as he sees it. He, yes, he said okay. he saw these people a being stupid. white engineer. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. he, he, he saw, saw these people were being stupid, and he told them they were being stupid, and they didn't like it. So anyway, in, in the end, they did let him go, and they gave him all his papers back, and he was actually being covertly followed by somebody who wasn't very good at being covert about it. Oh, no. <laughs> he picked up his hire car, and he noticed there was a car following him, and the guy with the same... A big black hammer with black windows. Well, it wasn't actually, but yeah. <laughs> um, he got to Ford, and instead of being sent round the back where he normally was, they said, oh, yes, Mr. Such-and-such, -such, just come in the front this time, please. Went into the front, went to reception, announced himself. I'm thinking, wow, this is very splendid out here. Down came the chief accountant, um, and he, you know, the, the guy, he was getting fired up for his day-long meetings, and he was sorry that he was two hours late. <laughs> and the guy said, we're really sorry for the inconvenience, here's your check. And he said, hang on, sorry, um, terrific, thank you very much. He'd never even shown them the papers. Ah. The security mob, the FBI, had obviously called ahead to find out about it. So <laughs> you've got to get this guy out. Just to make sure. <laughs> this guy's Canadian. This guy is a major strategic supplier to the Ford Motor Company. So the company. FBI, TSA, whoever they are, yeah. uh, I mean, in, in their checking process, have obviously um, put a bit of pressure on Ford. Yeah. So yeah. And and in the meantime, of course, you've got uh, you've got. Are other we revealing any FBI secrets here? We're going to get. Uh, uh, I hope not. <laughs> um, but yeah, in, in in the meantime, of course, uh, you've got people blowing up their underpants uh, <laughs> on, on Christmas on, Day. Yeah. On, on mm. Christmas Day, the crotch um, bomber. Is that what it was? He's, he's called the crotch bomber, yeah. <laughs> bomber, not... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with an O. Um, after his own dad had been to the American embassy in his home country and said, you've got to watch him, mm. I'm really sorry to say this. That's frightening. Yeah, these, these people seriously do. Okay. So America is now spending $100 million on getting tourism, tourists back. How are they funding it? 
Uh, let me guess. Um, it's, well, there's not much money around the United States at the moment, so they're probably going to charge the tourists, are they? They are actually going to charge people who get visa waivers. So, uh, uh, so you know, the visa waivers. So you've got to pay for your non-visa. Non yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't need a visa, but you've got to pay it anyway. Yeah, yeah, you don't need a visa. You just have to ask for permission to come to the country, which is what a visa is. But at least you didn't have to pay money for it oh as you used to. God. And now you're going to have to pay for it so that they can spend the money on encouraging people so to come into their country so they can follow you. Attract more tourists by charging them a little bit more. Blithering idiots. Yeah. Well, hang on. This is a, let's bring this back to basic marketing principles here. They mm. have a problem. Yeah. They're trying to solve that problem and attract yeah. more customers. Mm -hmm. Rather than dealing with the product or the service or the process itself, yeah. they believe by throwing money, yeah. their customers' money, yeah. into a big promotional campaign, mm -hmm. they're going to solve their problem. If they don't fix the actual problem in the first place, this isn't going to work. Yeah. yeah. So more and more people are going to be exposed to those nongs mm. uh, as immigration, and they're going to back, you know, back and tell their friends. It's a classic case of marketers making the mistake of thinking that advertising is going to solve the problem. And that's crap. Yeah. If, yeah. Fix the product first. The, the the product is broken, and no amount of singing, dancing, Lara Bingling. I was. Oh, we're going to mention Lara Bingling. But in the meantime, and quite seriously, because uh, you know, the uh, the American economy is seriously sick. Mm. Uh, they, you know, there's a lot of people unemployed. Four hundred forty thousand jobs. Half a trillion dollars in related spending down the tubes. Yeah. Okay, so that's the US. Let's be interesting to see if they do actually have any uh, any results from that campaign. Now, Colin, I can't help but notice that nozzle in your hand there. I have indeed got a <laughs> nozzle in my hand. <laughs> it's a blue nozzle. It, it's, I'll, let me explain what this blue nozzle is in, in Colin's hand. Um, it says nine litres per minute. It's a little thing that you screw onto your tap by the looks of things. It's, it's a, a, it's a tap connector. For your garden hose. It's a standard yeah. clip-on plastic garden hose connector. Why arrived, have you brought that in? Because it arrived unsolicited in my letterbox in my leafy suburb close to, uh, close to Monash University. It arrived in my letterbox last night and I could not believe it. So free. A little it's free. a free tap connecting. It's the, you, you screw it into screw a tap. Screw it onto, plug your hose you, you, to your you, tap. Yeah, screw it onto a tap, you plug your hose. It looks normal, yeah. but it's blue. What, what, why why are they blue? handing them out? Well, it says on the back here, the, the bit of cardboard that's surrounding it, the average garden hose uses 15 litres of water per minute. Conserve water by using a water-efficient 9-litre garden tap connector. So this thing reduces, reduces the, the flow, flow of water from your garden tap. How ridiculous. When you water your garden... Well, hang on. For, th for those not in Melbourne at the moment, let's just explain what yeah. the water restriction situation is at the moment. Currently in Melbourne, we're only allowed to water our gardens, not lawns, just the garden beds, twice per week, uh, depending on which side of the road you live on. Yeah. Uh, in my case, it's Wednesday and Sunday mornings from 6am till 8am with a handheld hose only. Right. And let me tell you about my consumer behaviour as someone who waters the garden, I want to turn that tap on as hard as I can and get that watering done as quickly as possible. Do you water by the minute or do you water by the litre? I water the garden as much as, to give the, the garden as much water as it needs. I don't want to overwater, but at the same time, I want to make sure the garden is... And that's precisely, that's exactly what I do and exactly what everybody else I know does. What fool is going to put this on their tap? to reduce the flow of water out of their garden tap. What, what, what else would you be doing at 6 o'clock in the morning? Oh, keep, trying to keep, sleep. Keep it nice. Yeah. I, want to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want to get back to bed as quickly as I possibly can on Sunday morning. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Sunday 6 till 8. Yeah. So, the last thing I want to do, be doing is standing out on the front uh, garden for 
twice as long as I need to. Because you put as much water on as the garden needs and then you disappear back inside. In my case, I, I'm, I'm a fairly major food source for the local mosquito population. And right? if you've so, got so less water coming out of your tap, you just don't turn it on. Turn the bloody thing down. I, 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 if any of our listeners are going to put one of these things on, firstly, who else has received one? I haven't got one yet. But if any of our listeners are going to use one of these garden tap connectors that reduces your flood water, please let us know why you're using it. We might have a word to the people that save water. There'll be some fools out there that'll use it. Well, I, 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 would, I would like to hear some data because there's some very intelligent people and well-educated people at savewater.com.au, so we'll ask them. So and I've also got a huge great fridge magnet too because that's, oh, that's, that's useful. Yeah, that'll stop you using the water. That'll stop you using yeah. water, yeah. Um, so what are you going to do with this one, the little tap connector? Well, I don't know. Now I've talked about it on the podcast and I'm not sure. We should give it away as a prize to... No... Well, no, no, no one. I, I'd be embarrassed to give this for anyone to use because it's. Well, we can, we can certainly nominate them for the. Uh, they're, they're, they're the first candidate for stupid marketer of the year, aren't they? Which is which is quite early. Banks usually manage to win that. Yeah, but um, I mean, it's a classic example though of an organisation that um, is using marketing to actually attempt to reduce the amount of product that people buy, which is which is a very uh, and, and that is yeah. a good cause. And I, I think it, I must say, Melbourne Water have done a great job with their one fifty five litre campaign. Yeah. Trying to encourage people uh, to cap their water usage per day at 155 litres. Um, and it's a, it's a really good example of societal marketing, marketing for the common good. Yeah. And as, as you know, I mean, we, we had guys just finished a PhD in in uh, in, in looking at that. He's yes. uh, now gone off and working for another working for another university. Yep. But he's uh, hi, uh, Marcus, if you're listening. Uh, g'day, Marcus. Yeah, actually, Marcus, you let us know. <laughs> What's the story here? Did they not listen to you? <laughs> Did they not ask for your advice? Um, but so, so yeah, marketing can be used uh, in these areas, and it yeah. is used very effectively, mm. uh, as you said, societal marketing. But look, this product, I cannot believe anyone is going to use that. Yeah, actually, Peter from Parkville probably will have something to say about. Let's this see what Peter from Parkville yeah. has got to say about yeah. that. Now, moving on, um, another little report that's just come out this week from um, Nielsen. Uh, they've just issued the 2010 Internet and Technology Report. And our listeners may be interested in some of this data that they've uh, just released, showing that Australian Internet users have increased their time online each week, on average. Uh, 2008, it was an average of 16.1 hours per week. Uh, 2009, that increased to 17.6 hours. That's per week or per day? Uh, no, that's per week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, it depends. I mean, if we, yeah. we, I'd suggest there's some people in my household that it might be per day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But on average, this mm. is all across all Australians. Yeah. The mistake that many people make when they see data like this is, ah, new media is on the increase. That must mean old media is on the decrease. Oh, dangerous assumption there. And it's a very dangerous assumption because television viewing in that same period of time also increased. And the data they've released said that um, uh, television, uh, there was 13.4 hours uh, increased from 12.9 hours. So 12.9 up to 13.4 hours watching television. So that, that's, that's a fairly significant yeah. hike, isn't it? And the reason, and radio has also increased from 8.8 .8 to 9.3 hours. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is that people are multitasking. Yeah. Okay, so we're seeing more and more people with laptops and netbooks and um, tablet computers now mm -hmm. um, sitting there in front of the television using the, the PC while the television's on. Or but, yeah, going onto Facebook during the ad break. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, or during the program. It's very difficult to multitask with other media though. So, for example, magazines. Okay, now they're not seeing an increase. They were stable in this period of yeah. time. 
because you can't multitask with a magazine. I guess you could have the radio on while you're reading a magazine, but you certainly can't be on the internet while you're reading a print magazine. Yeah. Um, similarly, DVDs and videos. They're seeing a massive fall at the moment. That's old technology. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And look at your average blockbuster store. Every year the one near us is getting smaller and smaller yeah. as they sublet a pizza shop in, in half of it and then another little yeah. store at the back. So interesting data there from, uh, from Nielsen. Um, but, yeah, important for our listeners to remember, don't assume that as new media increases, old media decreases. It's really important to think about, to think about things and, and, yeah, as you say, n- not to make uh, assumptions like that because a lot of people will be making assumptions. Yeah. I would make them quite wrongly. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Exactly. Are you a fan of McDonald's, Colin? Not so Ignatius. No. Yeah, you, you eat very healthily, don't you? I'm, I'm a terribly healthy. You're very healthy. Uh, you don't go to Macca's very often? I can't remember, actually, when I last went to Macca's. I probably haven't been there for years. I don't, I don't, I don't mind Macca's, I, you know, but... Um, it's just something doesn't appeal to you. Well, maybe you'll go more often now because Macca's have just signed a deal with Weight Watchers. Can you believe this? Mackers and Weight Watchers. Mackers and Weight Watchers. And what they're going to do? This is like the American um, immigration people and the tourism industry. Well, there's been another one recently. Uh, The Biggest Loser, you know, the TV show. um, Biggest Loser and Domino's Pizza. Um, Domino's are now selling a a Biggest Loser low-fat pizza, or lower-than-normal-fat pizza. There's an interesting partnership. But this Mackers and Weight Watchers one. Mm-hmm. Um, as part of the deal, Macca's is going to use the Weight Watchers logo um, on its display boards and menu boards and so on. And Weight Watchers are, there, are going to then promote McDonald's as an option for people on the Weight Watchers diet. So they're obviously going to be telling people how many points each of the Macca's meals is going to be. And so it's Ooh. it's very interesting. But it's only three of their meals. It's the nuggets, fill of the fish, and a sweet chili wrap, I think, are the, uh, the ones they're going to be offering. Mm-hmm. Um... Now, is, uh, what's going on here? Is it actually going to... Is this genuine? Are Maccas really caring for the, um, the health and well-being of their customers, or is this just another ploy to get people into Maccas? Look, I'm sure that I'm sure the people the people who run McDonald's are fine, upstanding citizens with a great uh, with great a great social conscience. But um, but uh, they, uh, as most economists will tell you, uh, and as m- most business people will tell you, the job of a company director is to maximise shareholder value. That is actually what you're employed yeah. for. Now, who goes to Macca's? What type of person? Who are the customers that go there? I suggest this is probably appealing to the mums whose kids are nagging to go to McDonald's. Yep. Uh, mums or dads. And they see this option and say, okay, well, there's something for me there as well as something for the kids. And like it was with the salads a few years of ago. Of course. Yeah. So they're still going to sell a lot more burgers and fries as a result of this new menu. That's what happened with the salads. Exactly. Because yeah. I, mean, I actually did some research that, uh, uh, that showed that when the salads came out. Yep. Um, uh, it was the fruit. Uh, uh, oh, that's right. They were selling apples for a yeah. while. Do they still? Sell? I haven't seen apples at Macca's for a while. I don't think they're still. Well, I don't know how many they were selling. They, uh, they, the, the guy I was uh, doing the research with, he owned three stores across the eastern suburbs, and I mean, he was absolutely coining it. But he was—he said to me with a grin that if he really wanted to save money, he'd buy an apple made out of wax because <laughs> nobody was buying them. They were they getting just sit pe- there on display. They were getting people in <laughs> because classically, you know, mum with two point something kids Let's in the back and buy an apple. Oh, change uh, of mind. Let's and get the kids some fries are saying, instead. "We want to go to McDonald's. We want to go to." McDonald's. And the apple was there to stop mum saying no. 
because mum hasn't quite got her pre-baby figure back. It's oh, a yeah. conscience thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So they stop mum from saying, uh, stop mum from saying no, because mum says, oh, I'll have an apple or whatever, and I'll go in there. Mm. So she'll have the Heart Foundation tick thing, but I noticed none of the classic burgers or meals were on that. What'll happen when they go in? I predict it's the same as happened when with the apples and the salads. You go in there, you smell the Big Mac and the fries, it's a very attractive smell. You'll go in there, you'll say, ah, oh, just yeah. this once. Just this yeah. once. Yeah, exactly. You will. Yeah. So I'm, uh, implications for the Weight Watchers people will be interesting. Yes. Because the National Heart Foundation, who tied themselves up, I think, with KFC a few years ago, they were quite seriously damaged. Well, in fact, uh, the, the Heart Foundation Tiki is on a number of Macca's meals yeah. at the moment as well. Um, yep. But hang on, surely this is good for Weight Watchers. If their customers go into Macca's and break their diet, that means they're going to need to go to Weight Watchers more often and pay more money to Weight Watchers. Surely this is a this is a good thing for Weight Watchers as well. Oh well, it, well, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it is a conspiracy it, theory for it, you. It could be, and I hope your professional liability is paid up <laughs> because you could be hearing from their lawyers. Yes, it's, it's a bit like uh, well, it's a it's a bit like Toyota being sponsored by the panel beating industry, isn't it? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, now, while while we're on interesting uh, stories with uh, with fast food and so on, have you been keeping up with the uh, the saga at Grilled? Um, grilled oh, what an absolute ripper! And this is really relevant to our uh, many of our listeners, the university students. Oh, because of course I'd never go to Grilled. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, they were promoting. Oh, yeah, of course. Promoting yeah. through Uni Times, which yeah. is a. But the, but the, I mean, this this story is astonishing that it happens in two thousand and ten. Exactly. You'd think. Not nineteen ninety five. But yeah, you know, tell, tell me the story. Explain, let tell me explain the story. what happened. Okay. Grilled ran an advertisement in a, a publication called the Uni Times, which is targeting primarily university students mm -hmm. around Australia. Yeah, as the name would suggest. That's right. Put yeah. a little coupon in the Uni Times publication with a two-for-one offer. So buy one grilled burger, get one free. Mm -hmm. Okay, so sounds like a, a reasonable sort of thing. We see these promotions all the time. Mm -hmm. What Grilled obviously didn't think ahead on was that this publication is also distributed electronically. Okay, so of course this uh, voucher can be emailed around, replicated as often as you want, and there were thousands of them floating around outside just university students. Of course, if, if you're a university student, you've got a younger brother, you give it to your younger brother, who then emails onto all of his or her friends uh, around school. And this thing just took off and Grilled suddenly had a problem. The problem a was, problem? well, uh, let, me, let me tell you what Grill announced. They withdrew the offer and they, they, they said that we cannot continue to honour this two-for-one deal. Excuse me, but sir. That's when they had the problem, not before. They, oh, when, 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 when people were emailing around saying, go to Grilled... That's, to, that's take, actually take, a huge opportunity, isn't it? Exactly. That, that's not a problem in my book, increasing the number of customers, even if you're having to cut a bit of revenue in the short term. Anyway, go on. The Grilled statement says, the Uni Times two-for-one offer was intended to be limited to the readership of the Uni Times publication. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to offer it at all. All vouchers from the printed publication will be honoured, but all of the, and I'll um, abbreviate what else I said, any of the online versions, the printed, the photocopied versions, will not be honoured. Only those from the printed editions of the Uni Times. So, <laughs> scenario here. <laughs> somebody's, somebody's got the email, they've taken the trouble to print the email. And forward it to their friends. Oh, yeah. This is word of mouth, saying so, go and buy a burger from so this, this my friend, my friend Wags tells me these burgers are really good, you two, yeah, etc, etc. Um, so I get it, I think that's a good idea. I actually take the trouble of printing it out, which means I 
do that before I leave home because we don't have a portable printer. So this is not just an impulse you, purchase. You're going out of your way to, to you, visit this store. You keep the printed thing in your pocket, your handbag or whatever, yep. and you go out and you go to Grilled because you know you're going to get a discount. Correct. And then you get there and they say... They say, sorry, no. We're not going to give you the discount. Now, what damage is that doing to Grilled? Now, here's the twist. I love this. And this is the marketer of the week for me. Hmm. Nando's. Direct competitor to Grilled. Okay, now what do they do? Let me read this week from Nando's website. Nando's will honour grilled vouchers, so be well fed, not fed up. Now here's their announcement. Following Grilled's decision to pull its latest university two-for-one promotion, Nando's has stepped up to the plate. Ah, the plate. <laughs> Anyone who brings in a copy of the Grilled voucher to any Nando's restaurant nationally will be able to buy any burger or wrap and receive one of equal or lesser value for free. Um, Kim Russell, Nando's Australia National Marketing Manager, said this time of year students are back at uni paying for all their books, struggling to make ends meet. Many of our own staff are uni students, so we understand their plight. Downloaded, photocopied, scanned, emailed, original, we don't care where you get them, just bring them in and we'll honour them. And if you don't have access to them, click here and download one. Full points to Nando's, that is brilliant. So, uh, uh, Kim Russell, the marketing manager from Nando's, you're our marketer of the week. Well done, Kim Russell from Nando's. It's uh, it, it, what an astonishing reaction from Grilled, though. And yeah, Pity they're nice burgers. Those they're great. They're and good burgers, so are the Nando's ones. And look, yeah, I, yeah. and reading all of that, I mean, yeah. good on your Nando's. You're looking after your customers. And, it, and it's about time Nando's got it right. They they were trying to be too edgy a few years ago. Oh yeah, some of their very dodgy advertising, indeed. Yeah. Um, the, this yeah, they, they're right back up there now in my book. Yeah. Mm, that's that's brilliant. So well done, guys. So Nando's are marketers of the week. Yeah, and look, if anyone has any other suggestions on marketers of the week or um, or marketing flops or failures, please mm -hmm. let us know. And uh, listen to the end of the podcast, you'll hear uh, details of how to contact us. Well, Colin, it's been a long time, hasn't it? It has. It won't, won't be so long next time. We'll be back in a week or two, I think, won't That's we? right. Let's try to keep this at least fortnightly, if possible, um, more often than that. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, Depending on what, what exciting things come up. Exactly. So this was episode 91. As always, we're going to finish with a music track, Colin. And because it's been such a long time, this music track is called In A Long Time. It actually comes from Mevio's Music Alley. You can check that out online at music.mevio.com. It's from 46 Bliss, In A Long Time. See you, Col. See you, Wags. I saw stars around your feet once Little lights like fish you swim in Took off your hat, you turn your chin in Time stood still on St. Mark's place We walked up through hills of times like this And times like those we felt the heat of all the years I filled my head and spilled my tears
little seas that blink and shimmer Flowing on your coat of arms You made your mark, you take can join our conversation by calling plus 61 3 or by emailing podcast at monishmarketing.com. This podcast is protected under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License. You are welcome to share and remix this podcast for non-commercial purposes.